Oh, so exciting! I could not make it work in my in my brain, but I'm not that smart. Ah, uh, that was a rough one. Oh, of course. Is it going in? There's a chance. It's episode nine of the Bibliotech Podcast. My name is Larry Burden, and she's an honest-to-goodness TCAFs librarian. <laughs> it's Steffi Light. Welcome to the new year. Thank you so much. Great to be here. You know what? It's been, what, we were just talking early December since the yes. last time you were on the pod, so I was missing you. Thank you. I was missing you. We're happy to have you back. Um, I wanted to jump right into just kind of a, you know, to start the new year, kind of a TCAPS library state of the union. Sure. Where, where are we at in TCAPS with our LMCs? What's new? What's exciting? Yeah, I think there's a lot of new and exciting things happening across our libraries. We have so much going on in the high schools as you know, we're in the research season, the thick of research projects, and um, lots and lots of teacher collaboration and lots of um, direct teaching with the students, which there are so many skills that are taught through our libraries and so much in terms of information evaluation, information gathering, how to how to best navigate the tsunami of information that's out there. And that's that's really what our, our folks are doing in the front lines. And as well as promoting all sorts of um, reading in terms of love of reading, reading culture, promoting books, sharing books, um, you know, really being the the hub and the the center for um, everything related to literacy and pleasure reading as well as for curricular work, as well as um, just personal passion projects that kids want to follow up on. On the simplest level, you, you had mentioned love of reading, but I think maybe one of the things that isn't recognized as much, and when we think about our libraries and what our, our um, librarians do, it's that love of reading and mm -hmm. making sure that literacy is uh, supported, which they do an amazing job throughout every school in the district. But one of the really, I uh, think, key things that our librarians are focusing on now is what you had mentioned, curation, mm -hmm. um, teaching our students how to curate media. And especially when they're getting up into that high school age or, you know, the secondary school schools, when they're doing all those research projects, not just information in our libraries, but information on the web, how to navigate that and how to curate that. What kind of, how do they bring those skills to bear for our students? Sure. A lot of modeling of what you're looking for and how to make those decisions and what is the most relevant information and how can you say this has this sort of a bias? Does this have a you know, who's behind this information? Where did you find this information? Is this information paid for? Is there, you know, navigating the the format of how information is presented and, and having that background information about um, how things end up at the top of your hit page. And when you're searching, how you end up getting the information you have based on your inputs, what's the output going to be? You know, we need reinf reinforcement of those skills all the way through, not just at the high school level, but starting when they're itty bitties. And, and all of us, I mean, adults are, there's a big event coming up at um, Tattle about how to ev evaluate news. And, and those that's all geared at adults because I, I would say everybody can benefit from that. 
I think it's an interesting discussion to look at the the role of school librarians in general. And there's an interesting infographic that I mentioned a little bit before we started, but it breaks down some of the roles, I think, in a way that um, in just a, the, the phrasing is really easy to understand. And they include things like information literacy teacher, which we've touched on, reading advocate, a program manager. So our library folks are managing book clubs or managing STEM events, makerspace clubs, March's Reading Month events, um, resource curator, which we just talked about, innovation leader. So when there's something that is new to try, those are often coming through our libraries. One that I feel really strongly about is the equity champion. And so making sure our spaces are welcoming and inclusive so that we are we are looking at having everybody feel comfortable in our spaces and that being reflected in the physical space and the environment in the library, but the collection as well. Is the collection inclusive? Do people find mirrors of their own lives as well as windows into other worlds? Um, and we just had a K-12 PD with our, with our full staff that was focused on inclusive libraries, and that was a great discussion. Um, event planner, again, our libraries are planning events, author visits, um, reading promotion activities, uh, parent interaction activities. And then wellness partner, I think is a really interesting term, but looking at the social emotional side of learning and the wellness piece to that and how the, um, the feeling of feeling seen and feeling valued and welcomed in all the spaces, of course, in our schools, but the library is a part of that as well. Yeah, I was just in the library yesterday over at um, one of our elementary schools, and uh, it was representative of almost all those things. I was working on their morning news. They have oh, a morning yep. news, a digital morning news program. Again, uh, event, event planning, yes. doing something that's really pushing the envelope of learning, during the time that I was working at doing some troubleshooting there, she was also doing the story time, mm -hmm. you know, promoting promoting the reading. She was also, I saw the librarian interacting with each individual student as a as a unique individual. Yes. Uh, you know, discussing their reading habits, discussing which books they would be interested in, um, helping them with different projects. It it was covering all those bases. Uh -huh. And um I was it was so exciting to see how comfortable mm -hmm. the students were mm -hmm. interacting with the librarian and how excited they were to come into the space. Absolutely. You know, that kind of sterile term, reader, reader's advisement, which is really when in one of the library staff people is talking with a student like about finding the right fit book or the favorite book. But there's so much more that's happening in that time. That's relationship building. It's getting to know the kiddo. It's getting to know, you know, interests or concerns or there's all sorts of things that go into those little relation, little, those little interactions that have a big impact on the relationships. And and I think reader's advisement is just the umbrella for relationship building, really. I love that. Another thing that I think is interesting is you often see parent volunteers mm -hmm. helping in the library as well. You know, creating that social environment, that connection between school and home, which is so vital to really creating a well-rounded environment for educating our students. Absolutely. So if, if you're looking to volunteer that's a great place to volunteer as we, well. We love volunteers in the libraries. And a couple of our schools 
could really, you know, a few of our schools really could use some volunteers just right now don't have many. So if that's an interest, absolutely, we can find a spot. Anything else as far as the State of the Union? I know there's a lot more going on. You guys just had your uh, full staff meeting. How many people are on the library staff for the district? So if we're all together, let's see, I think we would be 28 if you're counting all staff members. Um, getting everybody together is really valuable when we can have, you know, conversations that are focused on our mission work and our vision. And we're all the different sites, but we all are working in the same direction through the libraries. So it's great when we have that time together, which we do occasionally. Do you guys incorporate or discuss the blueprint at all in your meetings? Is that something that is incorporated into some of your discussions? You know, that's interesting. Um, I've had discussions about digital citizenship um, not with that full group, but with other colleagues about how digital citizenship fits into the blueprint and the social emotional health piece of, you know, the whole everything that's happening in the digital world. Has we're such talking an about impact. the ISSN, yeah. The ISSN, correct. And um, I'm, I have a meeting today to talk about how that fits in with the ISSN. Which um, so not not with um, not exactly in those meetings yet, but I see an overlap, a big mm-hmm. overlap between the work we're doing in the libraries and the ISSN. Intense Student Support Network. For, Correct. Yeah, we love our acronyms. Um, right. What else was discussed? Anything else that was discussed in that meeting that you guys had? We talked a little bit about um, diversity audits of collections. So looking at getting a good sense of how um, how representative our collections are of the gamut of diversity that's out there. So it can be everything from racial, socioeconomic, disability issues. So in the publishing world, there's quite a bit that is discussed about how we need more diverse authors and we need authors writing it's the own voices movement, people writing about their own experiences from their perspective instead of other people writing for them. And um, having books that are about diverse characters of all different diversities that are not issues books. So a character with a disability of some sort can just be a character doing everyday things instead of it can be a book about that struggle, right? Or it doesn't have to be a book about slavery, like it can be about and should be. And so looking at our collections, and this is work that's ongoing, but looking at our collections and are we representing the full gamut of human experience as much as we can through what's available, but making conscious choices when we're doing collection development and then not just collecting the books, but also promoting and making sure that we're promoting books and sharing them out and looking from, you know, gender roles and just there's so much you can look at. And we had an interesting discussion about how that fits into our library and our practices. But that's that's a big area. It's one thing to have it on the shelf. It's another thing to make sure that the students know that it's available to them. Right. Or if a teacher is asking for a recommendation, but you always recommend these same Books. Not that that happens, but just being aware of, are you fully promoting the resources that we have? Deeper discussions, for sure. Sure. So I do believe on um, January 27th, something happened. A big day. A big day. A big day in the library world, (laughs) in the book world. And uh, before we jump into it, I was thinking back to... uh, Wire TC's closing keynote mm-hmm. last year, uh, which was Colby Sharp. Yes. And he was discussing, and he had a video of um, something that he does with his students mm-hmm. where they pre- prep for the ALA mm-hmm. awards and then actually watch the live stream yes. and kind of have a celebration. Yes. 
and we're going to have our own little celebration. Yes, it so was exciting. So what, what were the award winners and, and why? Yes, and, and the awards always come out at the ALA midwinter meeting. So it's always this time of year, and it is an exciting day to see everything that is celebrated. Um, I would say the most significant winner was Undefeated, which we have talked about on the pod before, but it won the Caldecott Award for illustration, and then it was an honor book for the Newberry. So the Newberry and Caldecott being the biggest, most well-known awards. The book Undefeated, again, is a, it's a really a, a poem, and it's a love story, a love letter to the, the African-American experience. And it's beautifully done. Obviously, it won the Caldecott. And we have it in a number of our libraries. So I would highly recommend that as a as a first look. The Newberry winner for the first time this this year was a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. So we had a, a chat earlier in the fall about graphic novels, and we've kind of discussed how relevant they are and, and how amazing the, the quality of what's coming in graphic novels. But this was the first year to have a, a winner that was a graphic novel. So it's New Kid by Jerry Craft. It also won the Credit Scott King Award. This is the book Jerry Craft says he would have liked to have read when he was a kid. And it's about really about his experience going to school in an almost all-white school, and he's African-American, and um, lots of issues of micro-racism, so small things, small in, in situation, but not, not small in impact. But looking at um, how he felt and how he assimilated into this school, but how that felt coming from a different neighborhood. And then it's interesting, I just saw a review with him or an interview with him where he talked about his own sons are now about that age of he was when the book takes place and are also going to school in a predominantly white area and how their experiences have been different than his and similar. But it's been very popular. Kids are really connecting with it and it's it's a winner. It's shocking or it's really surprising to me that this is the first graphic novel to win the Newberry. But also so cool that something that is representing, or I guess showing that window mm-hmm. to students, maybe in our area, but in any area, how being an outsider in a community, mm-hmm. how that actually feels. Absolutely. And and to be able to have that uh, feeling of empathy for what that experience might be like and being aware of things that are said that might not even, you might not have an awareness that that's even making an impact, but yes, it is. And here's why. I think it does a really good job of presenting that perspective. The other Newberry winners this year, so Undefeated was a Newberry honor. Um, A book I had heard nothing about before it won is Scary Stories for Young Foxes. And what I've been told, I have not read it, but what I've been told is it is much scarier than it sounds like it would be. So that made me a little nervous. I'm not a, uh, I don't read a lot of scary books. Yeah. So what, what age group are we looking at there? <laughs> so that it's upper elementary to middle school. Okay. Yeah. Other words from home. <laughs> you like jump right past it because like, I'm not going to read it because it's frightening. <laughs> no, I am going to read it, but. I'm going to go way back in my youth. And I remember watching um, Watership Down, mm-hmm. which I thought was unbelievably frightening. And I'm thinking, I wonder if this is similar and and maybe it's it's tone to some extent. It's like I'm looking at the cover and it has just some cute foxes on it. And it, I mean, it's a little dark looking, but I can report back and let you know. I'm very curious. (laughs) Um, And then, yes, what I mentioned, other words for home, it's the book about, um, we talked about it in November, but 
she is, again, it's the experience of being an outsider. And she's here with um, a kiddo who's here with her family and has relatives in Syria. It was excellent. I would say it was in my top five for this year. And Genesis Begins Again, another book that we've talked about on the pod, again, another one I'd highly recommend. That seemed to be all over the awards. All over the awards, yep. And then the other Caldecat books, Bear Came Along, Double Bass Blues, and Going Down Home with Daddy. So those are the other Caldecat, the illustrations. And then I wanted to mention the Batch Elder Award, which is the award for a book published originally in another language. And it is a, it's called Brown. And Brown is a huge bestseller in Norway. And it is the story of a, a little boy who has an alter ego character who is Brown, the superhero named Brown, and um, a group of friends. And it, it's lighthearted in a lot of ways, but he's also dealing with the death of a grandparent. And it's poignant. It's really funny. And it's apparently going to be a series. So I loved it. I thought it was excellent. Had heard nothing about that one either. Does it give you a sense that it was from a different perspective as far as it being Norwegian? No. Or, or does it kind of have some universality to it? It seems like a story that would connect with kids from everywhere. Awesome. Yeah. It's a it's really good. Um, and it's not it's not a graphic novel, but there's a fair number of pictures. So it's like an illustrated, a little bit more illustrated than mm. just this. What, uh, what age group? Upper elementary. Okay. And then the Cybert Award, which is for information for an informational book. This one did get quite a bit of buzz. It's called Fry Bread, and it's about a Native American family and the process around fry bread. Again, beautifully illustrated, um, very accurate in information, um, a book, too, written from the perspective of someone in the Native community. That one's younger. That's, I would say, early elementary into preschool. It's a really interesting look at family and culture through the lens of fry bread. I'm wondering, is that promoted at all? through our Native community, our Indigenous community at all? Or do we get any? That's interesting. Um, our Indian Ed Department is very generous and often um, supplies a few books to our libraries. And Fry Bread might be one that they'll look at for down the road. That could be a possibility. So Good. It's, it's a beautiful book. I highly recommend um, going to the ALA website and looking at the list. If you're wondering, if you have um, a, a younger reader yes. and you're wondering what to look at, your first option is to go to the library and talk to your librarian. <laughs> yes. Second option, go to that website and look down that awards list. There are so many books. There are so many books. You can even watch the announcements. I saw that they do have a stream. They do. Uh, posted so you could actually watch the announcements live and get some of that excitement that they it'd have be, in Colby Sharp's such, class. It'd be such fun to be there live. Oh, the other, um, the other award, the Children's Legacy Award. So that's looking at an author or illustrator's body of work over their lifetime. So it's sort of like the Lifetime Achievement Award. And it was very exciting that Kevin Hankus won this year because Kevin Hankus has been to our schools, has come to Willow Hill a number of years ago. Oh, wow. And um, Willow Hill won a contest that they um, decorated around one of his books. And then he selected the, um, Willow Hill as the winner, and he visited, he did By our, the way, if you haven't been to uh, Willow Hill during reading month, yes. March is reading month, I highly recommend going to their library. It's like stepping onto the set of, a, set of a play. It's amazing, the, de the decorations and the, the full atmosphere. 
You are immersed. You're immersed. Yeah. Yes, it's wonderful. But so I was thrilled to see Kevin Hankus win that award. And um, what are some of his books? So Waiting is the book that was the focus of the visit that he came. I was waiting. Olive's Ocean, Lily's Purple Plastic Purse. I'll have to give you the whole list. And then the other, just real quick to mention, there's a there's an award. It used to be the Arbonath lecture. And I think it has a little bit of a different name now, but they pick someone to present a lecture around um, the issues in children's literature. And this year it was Dr. Rudine Sims Bishop who coined the phrase mirrors and windows. So she will be presenting that lecture this year, which is really interesting. It'll be interesting to hear her speak. And those are always recorded as well. So has that already happened? Would we be, we be able to find that online? It hasn't happened yet. Okay. Yep, I'm sorry. That will happen. So is that a March or uh, sometime in March that they're going to no, do that? No, it's usually it's sometime across the year. Okay. So it, it, be looking for it. Yes, be looking for it. Right. Absolutely. Fabulous. Just real quick on the updates. Uh, we just uh, recorded an EdTech Loop pod on eSports again. Technologist uh, was last week with Creativity in the Classroom. That was a super fun one. Um, next week, we're going to do some Wired TC announcements. Very excited about that. In closing, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at TCAPS Loop. And at Steffi Light. Subscribe to the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or wherever else you get your ear candy. Leave a review. We love the feedback. Exercise your mind. Excellent. Read a book. Nah, it'll be fine. Okay.